Welcome to the Practice Purchased Podcast, where you'll learn everything you need to know to buy the perfect dental practice, all for free, and all in less than 20 minutes an episode. Learn more about your host, author, presenter, and coach to hundreds of successful dental practice buyers by visiting brianhanks.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Practice Purchase Podcast. This is season one, episode three. We are talking about using brokers to find a practice, how to use brokers to find a practice. Now, the word on the street when you're buying a practice is that it's hard to find a good practice. And you know what? It's mostly true. <laughs> the two most common complaints I hear from buyers, from clients, uh, when they're talking about brokers are number one, I can't get the broker on the phone. You know, I've tried, I've called this broker, I've emailed them three times and they haven't gotten back to me. So that's the number one complaint that I hear. And I'll address that and why exactly why that happens and what to do about it in this podcast. And then number two, I hear, well, you know what? I really love to live in this city, but it's a, it's a saturated market. And there, there are no practices available in this market. Nothing for sale. Gotta, li- gotta look somewhere else. And, um, you know, <laughs> I want to live in Texas, but you know, I think I should move to North Dakota. And um, I have nothing, I actually really like North Dakota. So if you're from North Dakota and you're listening to this, no offense, uh, but that's a terrible decision. If you want to live somewhere, you can find a practice for sale almost invariably, unless we're talking about four square blocks in a very small city. Okay. Uh, my f- favorite story on this subject um, took place, uh, it was probably 18 months ago now, when I got two phone calls in the same day from uh, prospect, uh, potential clients, both in the city of Denver. And um, dentist number one calls me and uh, says, you know, Brian, I'd like to work with you, but I got to tell you, I'm having a hard time finding a practice to buy. I'm looking in Denver, and I, if memory serves correctly, they were both looking in Aurora, which is just east of downtown Denver. And, you know, dentist number one, that's just hard. I can't get the brokers on the phone. And, you know, I think I found this one, but it's, you know, it's only collecting 450 and the equipment's old and can you help me and blah, blah, blah. Dentist number two calls, it was like an hour later. It was, it was kind of comical and says, Hey, Brian, um, you don't know me, but you know, I'd like to work with you. And I'm looking at these three practices. And by the way, I live in uh, Denver. In fact, I'm looking in Aurora, Colorado, and I've got these three great practices for sale. Let me tell you about one collects 1.2 million. The other collects 1.3 and this other one a little bit less, but there's all the reasons I love it. And um, I need your help to decide between these two practices. And it was just, you know, it was so funny to me sitting from my perspective um, on how different these two buyers experiences were. They both were in the same geography looking and ostensibly talking to the same people and one buyer had multiple good options the other did not and i see that play out time and time again with different buyers no matter where the geography is and so this podcast is going to teach you what is this this is the second best way to find a practice to buy okay so working with to be very clear working with and finding a practice through a broker is the second best way to find a practice to buy. So the first best way we're going to talk about in the next episode, that is through other dentists. But why I'm talking about brokers first is because this is what most buyers actually do. And this is the, you know, I wanted to make sure that I covered at a minimum, if you ever, if you stop listening to the podcast after this episode and you go out and you run out and you only work with brokers, 
I want you to be educated so that you know exactly how to get the best results working with brokers, okay? It's understandable why folks have a difficult time with brokers. The average dentist can't get a broker on the phone. They don't think there's any good listings out there. And, and I think the mindset has to do with the process of buying a house, right? A lot of dentists um, have been through the process or they at least know someone's been the process of buying a house. And they remember that they called an agent, a realtor, a broker, somebody, and that person's job essentially was to help them find the house that they were going to move into. They sent them listings, they drove them around to different houses and helped them pick from among uh, a set of options. And, and I think the mistaken point of view out there is that it's similar to that process. So in this podcast, I'm going to give you four tips to work effectively with brokers. And then I'm going to give you, at the end of the podcast, I'm going to give you the exact timing on how and when to reach out to brokers and how much time to spend with them. So four tips and timing. All right. So tip number one is very, to be very blunt, tip number one is that brokers don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I, I hate to tell it. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. And it flies in the face of the logic. You would think that as a buyer, you know, the brokers need you. They need buyers, right? I mean, why wouldn't the broker want to talk to me? And the sad fact of the marketplace today is that the average broker out there wants nothing to do nothing less than to actually talk to you on the phone. And I'm, I'm being a little more forceful than is probably the case with the average broker. I know some great brokers that may actually have a phone call with you and, and be very nice while they're doing it. But the average broker out there, when I can get them at a conference, maybe over an adult beverage or two, and they're blunt about how they feel about buyers, they use some pretty foul language talking about you guys because of the experiences they've had in the past. So tip number one is to remember that brokers don't work for you. They don't want to talk to you, probably, <laughs> and they are paid by the seller to sell the practice. They're paid 8 to 10% of the purchase price to get as high a purchase price as possible for that seller, and a buyer is a necessary evil to get that thing done. Now, the best brokers out there don't think exactly like the way I'm describing. I'm kind of I'm painting a negative picture on purpose to drive home the point, but the average broker out there is similar to this mindset, and um, they've had enough time-wasting phone calls with buyers who manage to get them on the phone, don't have an agenda, don't know what they don't know, and expect the broker to educate them on the process of buying a practice and then find a practice for them, that it's very likely you're going to have a hard time getting a broker on the phone. Okay, so that's tip number one. Tip number two is I want to teach you the right way to actually reach out and create a relationship with brokers. Because the fact and the logic dictate that brokers do need you as a buyer. They do want to talk to you if you're a qualified, ready-to-go buyer, and you're respectful about the process. So my second tip is to go ahead and reach out to brokers, but be respectful. So what I mean by that is to be respectful, I suggest that you actually jump on their website, you look at all their listings. If you do reach out, have an agenda for the call. Don't expect any special treatment. And don't expect the broker to spend more than a couple minutes with you on the phone. If I were reaching, if I were a buyer and I were reaching out to a broker in a geography or a, a new broker that I haven't ever talked with, I would tell the broker up front that I was going to take no more than two minutes. I just wanted to introduce myself and let them know the five things you need to buy a practice. Remember episode one, 
you need some cash, you need uh, production history, credit score over 680, good clean credit history, and some experience under your belt. I would tell the broker those five things. I would say it's nice to meet you. If you have anything in this area, this is where I'm looking, but I'm open to any and all opportunities. I just wanted to let you know who I am and to get, you know, get on your radar a little. Um, if a broker got that phone call, that would be so different than the average phone call they get with a rambling buyer who has no idea what they want and no clue how to ask for it. They would be thrilled to get that phone call. So tip number two is to reach out, but be respectful. Okay. Tip number three is to actually use the broker's website. It sounds counterintuitive. And I bet you think that if you've used and hopped on a broker's website, you think you've already done this. You probably haven't. So listen closely. I suggest you do everything and you look at every word on that broker's website if possible. Look at, sign up for all the email updates, read every listing that they have, read all their articles and blog posts, and show the broker that you're willing to do the work prior to reaching out. So tip number three is prior to reaching out to actually use their website and do everything on there. Okay, tip number four is the secret sauce of reaching out and talking to brokers. This is a trick that no one else is doing, okay? So if you're listening to this, you're gonna be in a very small minority of buyers who know what brokers have taught me. Okay, so I've reached out to brokers and I've asked the question, hey, if a buyer were to reach out to you, how would you want them to reach out and how would you, what would guarantee a response from you, right after they're done swearing at me because they don't wanna to talk to the buyers? Um, the brokers who are candid will tell me, hey, Brian, if you want a buyer to get a phone call back from me, show me, the broker, that you're a serious buyer by going to my website, downloading my non-disclosure agreement, my NDA, sign it, send it back, and then give me a call. Okay? It shows you respect their process. So again, find the broker's NDA, their non-disclosure agreement, in most cases on their website, I, I have noticed a few brokers don't have it out there. In that case, yes, get creative, call the admin in the office and ask for it. Um, they'll be happy to send it to you. Uh, and it's easy. No one is doing this. You're going to set yourself apart as a buyer. And, and um, if you're the buyer who has done the research, has signed and send, sent back the NDA, gets the broker on the phone and tells them the five things that they really care about, and then hops off, the broker's going to love you. You're going to be right at the top of that list. So those are my four tips. And, you know, before we leave the four tips, I want to make sure that you take a second and put yourself in the shoes of, of the average seller of a great dental practice and their broker, right? If, if a seller is sitting on a great practice, um, chances, you know, chances are very good that that seller cares a lot about who they transition that practice to. But they also care a lot about the price that they're gonna get for that practice. And so the average broker's job is to get that, highest, that price as high as possible. And they're gonna make more money if they're successful in doing that. And so the average broker has a list of people that they know are serious buyers for a practice. You wanna be on that list. The way to get on that list is to do the things that I've talked about in terms of the homework, signing the NDA, reaching out respectfully, and so on. Don't forget that you're, you are not the broker's client. All right. 
Um, so those are my four tips. And I'm going to talk about timing here now. Before I do, I want to make you aware of a resource. Um, I wrote a book called How to Buy a Dental Practice. It's 126 pages long. It's for sale on Amazon. I think it's listed for $17 as I'm listening to this uh, episode right now. And I wanted to let you know that uh, that resource has some of these tips about using brokers, but it also covers the entire rest of the process from analyzing a practice for sale, uh, talking about the qualitative aspects. You know, what do you do uh, about the letter of intent? When do you send that in? What's included in that? What, can, what do you negotiate? How do you find a bank loan? How do you get the best terms with the bank loan? It's all in the book. Um, I'd be happy to ship you a copy free of charge. Uh, if you pick up the shipping, I will send it to you. Um, I think it ends up being six or seven bucks. Uh, so you can save some money there. Just go to brianhanks.com forward slash book. So to get a copy of how to, how to buy a dental practice, um, just pay the shipping, brianhanks.com forward slash book. You'll see a form there. And I'm happy to send you a copy. Okay. So timing with brokers. When should you reach out to a broker? Good rule of thumb is to start making contact with a broker about six months prior to your ability to close. So if you're in the military or you've got a, um, you know, a 30 day, 60, 90 day notice period with your current associateship, um, you know, work backwards from that date and about six months ahead of that date would be about the right time to make the initial contact with a broker. If you're about three months out, you're ready to go now. You could sign a letter of intent today and close on a practice three months from now. That's, that's a little bit longer than the average time between LOI and closing, but it's close on, on several of them. Um, a lot of practices will sign LOIs in October and they'll close in January. So that three-month time period, if you're in that time period, uh, you can reach out to and talk to brokers now. If you're several years away from buying a practice, um, I, you know, if it were me, I wouldn't even make contact with the broker. Um, I'd watch the listings, I'd pay attention, I'd know who's getting the good listings and who's not. Um, you know, you want to follow on social media or something like that and interact with them there, go ahead. But you're not going to get anywhere near that broker's preferred list until you're about ready to close. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if the broker knows your name, fine, but the broker really cares about those five things and whether or not you're a prepared and a respectful buyer. Uh, finally, finally, um, I, you know, don't reach out more than biweekly to a broker every other week. And, and if, you know, if a broker tells you they like a specific method of communication, email or voicemail, great. Uh, use whatever they prefer, not what you prefer. Uh, but if you don't know, just alternate between the two. A couple weeks, you know, uh, shoot them an email. Two weeks later, leave a voicemail. Then go back to email. Uh, be respectful. Let them know who you are. Let them know where you're looking. Let them know what your five answers to your the question around what every buyer needs, the five things. Um, but give them an update on progress. This is These are the listings I'm looking at. This is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking in this area. I've talked to these dentists. Curious if you have anything available or you know of something that's coming available, something like that, okay? Um, finally, don't spend, please. You know, I, I mentioned that this is the second best way to find a practice. Um, a lot of buyers have fallen into the trap of simply just relying on brokers and uh, passively waiting for emails to come into their inbox. Um, I can't think of a worse way. To, well, I, I mean, it's the second best way, but um, it, it's, it's just a poor way to find a practice. Please don't spend more than 20% of your total search time 
dedicated to brokers and that relationship. Uh, you should be spending 80% of your time networking with building a robust network of other dentists who know, like, and trust you. And we're going to talk about that in the next episode. In the meantime, if you've got questions about the best brokers in your area, uh, you want to know uh, your situation is unique for some reason, uh, which is not uncommon. And, and you have a quick question that you'd like to run by me, I'd encourage you to reach out brian at brianhanks.com, uh, B-R-I-A-N at brianhanks.com. And uh, thanks for listening. Please, um, if you don't mind, let your friends know about the episode and leave a review on iTunes. Uh, it really helps other folks find the podcast. I would appreciate you spending some time with me. Thanks for listening to the Practice Purchased Podcast. For more information about Brian's best-selling book, How to Buy a Dental Practice, or about the Practice Purchase Blueprint course, visit brianhanks.com.